Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Philip Bogart with Stock Investing Secrets. Today on this episode, we're going to talk about large cap stocks and why you need to have them in your portfolio if you know what's good for you. Hey, what's going on everybody? Today, we're talking about large cap stocks. I'm Philip Bogart with Stock Investing Secrets, and we're going to get started with your portfolio with the most important investments, which are the large cap stocks. They're going to provide the foundation for the rest of your portfolio. So uh, when you are thinking about large cap stocks, I mean, when I was a lot younger, I had a hard time investing wisely because I wanted to make sure that I was making as much money as possible off the stock market because I wanted to make the most gains in the shortest period of time. And I kind of avoided the large caps to begin with. And it wasn't until I actually started paying attention to large caps and understanding the value in my portfolio that I started to make uh, actually uh, serious money on the stock market and more um, money that I could rely on more. Because at first when I just invested in small cap stocks, I was thinking, well, these stocks historically go up a lot faster and at a greater increment than large cap stocks. So why not just put all my money in the small cap stocks? Anyway, they have a positive uh, trajectory and they don't really lose money uh, very often. But as it turns out, if you're focused on just making the most amount of money in the short term, the risk you are, often that can cost the biggest problems. It also has the most potential for reward. But as you'll see, uh, having large cap stocks in your portfolio is the way to go if you want to avoid a lot of the struggles that I was going through uh, where I actually lost a little bit of money on the stock market when I first started out because I didn't have these foundation stocks to get started with. Now, uh, it's important to note, uh, while large caps are important for your portfolio, and we'll go through each uh, strategy depending on your age, it's also important to note the average annualized return for each of these types of stocks. So I've broken it up into 10 different uh, deciles. And for the largest 10% stocks, average annualized return since the beginning of the S&P 500 is 9.6%. Now, as you go up all the way to the smallest 10% of stocks, it's 14%. So you can see that that's a 4.4% percentage points difference in the average annualized returns, depending on which decile you're in, in the stock market. Um, now, I don't take a look at 10 different deciles when I'm investing. I basically look at large caps and small caps. The reason for that is because the large caps are important because it needs to provide the foundation for your entire portfolio. So if the stock market went down, the large caps are gonna help sustain it better because the small caps can fall a lot faster then the large caps, if the stock market goes down, if it's doing well, they can grow a lot faster. But if you don't have the foundational stocks, which are the large cap stocks, then you have a greater chance of losing a lot of money and that's not good for anybody. So um, I, I don't even consider the medium cap stocks for my portfolios because I wanna go for either stability stocks or the stocks that have a huge amount of growth. And the medium cap stocks, they're not really providing a lot of stability, uh, but at the same time, they're also not really providing a lot of um, potential for, for massive earnings. So why not go for small caps and the large caps? Um, so when I take a look at large caps, there's different definitions of what a large cap is. Uh, some say it's 10 billion uh, that would be considered a large cap stock, but I usually consider it 5 billion or higher. This is the market capitalization, which is basically if the company sold, that's how much money it would be expected to sell for based on how many shares are owned and what's the price per share. So it's basically 
you're times in, you're multiplying the number of shares uh, by the price per share, and that would get the market capitalization. And that's how companies are traditionally valued. So uh, I, I consider anything above five billion to be a large cap stock. And I'm just gonna go over how many you should have in your portfolio, uh, depending on where you're at in your investing. And for, for the average portfolio, like, like for my portfolio, if you're at age uh, 18 to 50, I consider this one category where uh, you are sort of in the same league because when I take a look at investing, I think, what can I put away for five years and uh, I'm able to live without for five years. And up until about age 50, that's when you gotta start thinking about retirement. So you might wanna be a little bit more conservative after that age, but from 18 to 50, I mean, it's party time, basically from those years. So you, you have more responsibilities as you get older, but at the same time, uh, you should be still taking the same amount of risk with your investments because the potential for return is so amazing. So from age 18 to 50, I have two large cap stocks in my portfolio. And the total number of stocks I would do is six or seven. Seven would be more conservative than six. If you're going any higher than seven, you're watering down your portfolio, so you're not gonna be getting as big of gains. But you can, you can get away with probably doing six stocks, two large cap, I would still have, uh, and then four small caps, or you could do uh, two large caps and five small caps. But I generally aim for about 20 to 30% large caps in my portfolio at, at those ages. And then once I get to uh, 50, uh, 51 or 60 years old, that's when you got to start thinking about retirement. So you don't want to take as big of a chance with your money. Even though the stock market's going to return it, you usually have um, more obligations, more expenses at, at that age. And also you want to make sure that you're going to have enough money saved for your nest egg for when you retire. Because if something dips in the market at age 55 or higher than that, then you're in trouble because you're not going to have the nest egg and that you might have to work longer. So I would stop taking this level of risk here. And just to point out, I don't consider this high risk. I consider penny stocks high risk, gambling. I consider um, if you invested in micro cap stocks, which would be like less than 250 or 300 million market capitalization, that would be risky. This, the seven stocks in your portfolio, this is not risky. Six stocks, not risky. But even a little bit of risk is too much risk if you're in the next age demographic, which is 51 to 60. Uh, in this age demographic, I would go for three large cap stocks. So you're leaning towards the 30 to 40% uh, of your entire portfolio as large caps. And then 61 to 70, I would first of all buy some gold. I would put 10% of my money in gold. And for large caps, I would go for four large caps. And I would go for three small caps. We'll talk about small caps later on on, on another episode. Uh, from age 71 plus, I'm, I don't say invest in the stock market. I mean, if you if you are doing it to pass money on to your heirs as inheritance, go ahead. Warren Buffett's like 88. He's investing in the stock market. He's doing it for charities and whatnot. Uh, I mean, he pretty much just owns the companies at this point because if he was to put money into a stock. He'd be putting so much money into it that it would actually be more than 50% and he'd end up owning it. So Warren Buffett, he's a different story. 
But maybe one day if you start early, like 18, or even my age, 34, maybe you'll be Warren Buffett when you're 87. So no small caps uh, when you're 71. I put money in gold, and I put money in um, just regular savings because you don't want to take chances when you're 71. You don't know how many years you have left. Um, so I would just keep it uh, conservative at that age. I mean, what's the point in stressing yourself out as well at that age? So um, now we can get into how you can actually choose your large cap stocks. Now, I love choosing stocks that I have an interest in, but this can be really risky. For example, like everybody, everybody loves Apple, everybody loves Amazon, Netflix. These companies are really attractive because people know about them, they know the service, they know a lot of people use them. So it's really attractive to just say, hey, I like Amazon, I think that's a great company, I'm gonna invest in that. But before you go doing anything stupid like that, just like, like judging it based on first impressions, going by intuition, first of all, intuition, keep it out of the stock market. Emotions, keep them out of the stock, stock market. If you like something and you haven't taken a look at the numbers, you're making a bad decision. You might get lucky, but it's a bad decision most likely if you're gonna just trust your instincts on a stock. When you're looking at a stock, you can either do it artistically or scientifically. Now, if you're not experienced, I would do it scientifically. And there's a super, super simple way to do this. It's called the Dogs of the Dow strategy. It was implemented, like it was kind of founded in like the 1990s and people started using it and almost every year it worked. Uh, and it's kind of like one of those things that people forget about, but works like a charm. And this is the first thing I did. The Dogs of the Dow strategy is you're picking four uh, stocks that are large cap from the Dow. That's the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That's to the 30 of some of the biggest companies in America. And it's well diversified as well. So you're not investing all your money in technology or all in oil and gas or all in financials or what have you. Uh, it's relatively diversified. So you got McDonald's in there. You got, uh, I think IBM still in there. I'm not really sure about that, but you got a lot of the uh, diversified options when you look at the Dow. And the dogs of the Dow are the four stocks that are at the bottom of the Dow 30. And what I mean is in the trailing 12 months period, they're the ones that have done the least well. They're the ones who have actually um, almost every time have lost money in the last 12 months. And so you're taking, you're cutting out the five from the bottom. You're getting rid of the last one. The one that did the worst, there's probably a good reason for that. And it might not even be on the Dow in say, you know, the next year or so. So you want to take the four, the fifth one's usually a cropper and you can invest uh, based on which one's done the worst and you can pick two of those. Some people go for all four, that's a more conservative strategy, but I would go for two because uh, you only need two in your portfolio. You want enough room left in your portfolio, so you have the small caps which have traditionally gained the most amount of money uh, on the stock market. So uh, the scientific method is to go into the Dow, take a look at the, the four that are at the low, that are near the lowest besides the lowest one, and then you can take a look more at the numbers. And when I'm taking a look at the numbers and the financials of uh, the large cap stocks, it's way different than when I do it for the small cap stocks. But there's a few parameters that I take a look at uh, still. And I, I like to look at the revenue. So if there's been revenue increases steadily, uh, I don't use the same parameters as small caps where I look at the revenue. It has to increase by 25% per year over the last five years on average. Uh, what I look at though is I want to make sure that the company is solid financially. I want to make sure they're putting money into research and development 
and I want to make sure those margins are relatively consistent. And then I want to figure out why did that stock go down in the last 12 months? Why is it not performing as well as some of, some of the other stocks in the market? And usually the reason is something silly, like, for example, a lot of people aren't, uh, are kind of scared about Tesla right now, even though they've reported their first uh, quarterly profit finally, which says that there's great things to come with Tesla. Um, you don't want to go based on emotion, but because people have been emotional about Tesla, I would take a look at that as a possible buying opportunity because there's been a big sell-off uh, because of issues with the CEO, uh, Elon Musk, being taken off the board of directors because um, uh, he was saying things about the company, uh, such as that he was going to take it off the stock market, and then there's a Security Exchange Commission filing and investigation. So um, also he was smoking pot on uh, Joe Rogan's show. So there's a few reasons why he's taken off the board of directors and this drove the stock down, but it doesn't have anything to do with how well the company is actually uh, doing or is going to do. So when I look at the dogs of the Dow, has there been something silly like that? Has there been a case where there's been misconception about the company? And if so, that's a great buying opportunity. On the other hand, if it's like an oil and gas company and their profits are starting to dwindle, I would start thinking, well, electric cars are becoming more popular, so perhaps it's a bad idea to get into oil and gas, and maybe this is just a sign of what's, gonna, what's to come with this company. So like a company like Petro, if it was a dog of the Dow, I might not go with it. I probably wouldn't actually. In fact, I would probably look at short selling some smaller cap uh, uh, oil and gas companies. Uh, so, so that's the science of it taking a look at revenue, whether it's in good health, but there's a real artistic way to take a look at buying large cap stocks. And when I decided what I wanted to buy, uh, so I own Bank of America and Google. And when I bought Bank of America, I took a look at where Bank of America was prior to the Great Recession and where it ended up in the last nine years or so. And it still hasn't fully recovered from the misconception that people have, or it's not even a misconception, but it's perception that the company is evil. And it might be evil. And the what it did with the, with the subprime mortgage crisis, that's some evil crap. And it's given it a perception from the public that this company is, first of all, it's not a good company to invest in. It's not an ethical company. But at the same time, there's been a complete change in management from the company. Uh, there's, it's already paid its fines. Uh, from after the Great Recession from the government. And it, so the price where it's at is a, a reflection of the public hating the company. So if there's, if there's a thousand investors out there, let's say, and 950 of them hate Bank of America, there's gonna be less demand for that stock. And that's more of a buying opportunity for the other 50 who, uh, who understand that it's the numbers that count. And it's not necessarily about the overall perception of the company uh, as far as the value of it goes. So Bank of America was a huge buying opportunity for me. Uh, when I looked at which technology stock I wanted, I was having a hard time trying to decide between, um, between Amazon and Google. And that's why you have to just take a look at the overall activities of each company. And I know that Google has a lot of potential in many different areas because they put a ton of money in research and development. And I mean, so does Amazon and they're acquiring 
uh, they acquired Whole Foods and they're, they're even doing convenience stores where you have self-checkout where you just walk through the store and your items are rung up, which is really cool. Um, and so it's hard for me to decide which one. And honestly, that's pretty much 50-50 on it. But with Google, I, I just see there's a lot of people moving online. There's a lot of companies moving online. Uh, you know about Sears shutting down. Uh, you know about companies like Wayfair starting to make a lot of money online. And people are buying more from Amazon. 25 cents out of every dollar uh, is coming from um, Amazon. But you got to remember that Google is actually making money off of the Amazon sales because people are advertising for Amazon products on Google. So I love the fact that there's so much advertising revenue coming in from Google. More and more people are going to be doing it. So it's a smart company to invest in uh, in the long term. So that's why I choose Google. You can take some of the industries that you're interested in and do a uh, more of an artistic approach to it. Take a look at what society is seeing about the company and, and look at still the science behind it and the numbers behind it to make the right decision in the end. Uh, so this gives you an idea of how many large cap stocks you should be looking for depending on which age you're at. And also, first of all, what a large cap is, what value it has in your portfolio, and uh, how you can kind of decide how to choose a large cap stock. So there's a lot more to it that will be covered in the book, but I just wanted to give everybody an overview. And so if you haven't already, open up your practice account, go to RBC Direct Investing, go to TD or wherever you want to, and open a practice account. You can start buying these large cap stocks. Uh, like I said, take a look at which age demographic, the level of risk you feel comfortable with, and then make a purchase of large cap stocks from there. Uh, and then tomorrow we're gonna, or the day after tomorrow, we're gonna be talking about small cap stocks, uh, probably tomorrow actually, and we'll talk about how you can um, put those in your portfolio. Um, later on, we're gonna get into the exact method and the science of choosing a small cap stock. It's a lot more complicated than choosing a large cap stock, but when you break it down uh, by step by step, it's easy as cake. It's so simple once you break it down and understand each little component. Once you add those components up, you'll have a full picture and you'll be able to invest in small, small cap stocks, no problem. So thanks, uh, I'll talk to you later. And um, it's uh, on the podcast, if you haven't already added us, on Spotify, Stock Investing Secrets, and we'll be back again in the next year.